0: Welcome to Divine Downloads. I'm your host and spiritual mentor, Cassandra Bodzak, and this is the show where we teach you how to divinely design your life. And this episode, I am bringing on a longtime friend of mine who is a intuitive, psychic, and tarot reader, and she's got an incredible new book coming out called The Inner Tarot, and I wanted to bring her on to talk about how we can use tarot cards ourselves as a way to connect deeper within, expand our spiritual practice, and also as a manifestation tool. So I have learned so much from getting to pre-read her book as well as from this interview, and I cannot wait for you to meet Kate. But before we dive into that, I also want to remind you that if you are a regular listener to this podcast or watcher of the YouTube, there are links below every single episode with free resources for you to start your journey. So I have my Divinely Design Your Life um, Guided Meditation Bundle. And if you're trying to start a meditation practice, you're trying to start a manifestation practice, that is a great place to start. There's also lots of um, free workshops and different ways for you to take things to the next level below. And I know sometimes when we're listening or we're watching, it can be easy to not click those things. But I want to make sure you know that those resources are available to you. All right, so without further ado, let's talk to Kate. I am so excited to have you here, Kate. Me and Kate have known each other for a long journey, I feel like through multiple lifetimes. (laughs) Seriously. Right, like different evolutions um, of you know our work and and how we've shared our light with the world. And I'm so excited for her beautiful new book, The Inner Tarot. Um, it's a modern approach to self compassion and empowered healing using the tarot. And today's episode, we're really going to dive into how to use tarot yourself as a spiritual growth tool, um, as a manifestation tool, as something that can be part of your personal spiritual practice. So welcome, Kate.
1: It's a pleasure to have you on the show finally. It is such a pleasure to be here. And you're right, it's all divine timing because you and I have seen each other through various stages of our work and what we've been sharing and doing. And I'm just happy to be talking about the book today and yeah, just to be able to share.
0: Wonderful. Well, yeah, I know, I feel like we'll get to that at the at the end. I want to talk a little bit about like cuz we both have evolved a lot and I feel like this is your latest evolution and I think that'll kind of come up like how I know so many people listening are on their own spiritual journey and I think naturally when you're on that journey, you're going to like evolve and shift and pivot and then how you show up in the world does Absolutely. too because you can't help it um and then at the end we'll do a little collective reading for everyone for anyone that's listening there's like a message since I feel like we're going to be talking about it you're probably going to be like gnawing probably. at the
1: bit to get <laughs> a little guy reading in so that's my love language
0: let's start at the beginning because I feel like they you know reading your story in the book um I think it's so fascinating one because just like being in my own body, right? <laughs> I my like gateway tool was meditation, right? And mm-hmm. that was kind of like how I entered it. And then there were like rituals, and I always am, and I used tarot, and I you know have, that's been like part of the thing. But it wasn't one of the earlier ones that kind of came in for me. Yeah. And I find it so interesting how certain tools call us so can you tell us like how did the how did you first kind of come to this and feel like
1: hmm, I'm intrigued like let me let me play with this let me learn more totally so it's it is interesting because I had been practicing meditation yoga just mindfulness practices in general so that was becoming something I was becoming more comfortable expressing and tapping into. But I did notice that it was a little overwhelming for me sometimes, particularly meditation, because when I would close my eyes and try to tap in, it was kind of just so much energy to sit with. And I was moving through a lot of healing, um, particular to trauma, PTSD. So that kind of surrender was a lot to give up control at that point in my journey. Movement was a little bit easier because I felt like I could move from position to position in yoga and really flow into it. But I was craving something that felt more divine and more connected to spirit. And what I liked about the tarot was two things. The fact that it was this tangible tool, something I could hold and work with with my body, that felt very grounding to me. That let me relax and receive in a way that meditation was a little too overwhelming. And I also really enjoyed The fact that tarot has both shadow and light. So not that there's anything wrong with other decks, angel cards, oracle cards, et cetera. I love them as well. But tarot, I was in kind of a lower point in my my journey and my healing. So to see cards that reflected the hardships felt really validating. You know, like the tougher cards in here, yeah, we shy away from them. But for me, I was like, oh, I can get behind this. I can believe this as a tool. I can trust this because it's not bypassing my reality um so that's what fascinated me about them I also thought that the storytelling component was really interesting the more I dove into like the symbolism and the specific details I was like wow this is very you know there's a vast amount of um history here and I thought that was a really cool piece of it as well so when you initially started, did you
0: have a reading yourself or did you buy your deck and start pulling yeah. a card every day? Like, how did you like dive into it?
1: So my very first uh, interaction with the cards was actually in college. I, there was a very uh, kind of stereotypical, what we perceive a reader to look like and act like off campus, you know, I'd walk into her home and it was the crystal balls and it was the whole thing. <laughs> yes. It was a little thing. This is a little theatrical, but I found it really interesting and fascinating. But I also noticed that I wouldn't tell my friends I was going to see her and just because there was some level of like secrecy around it. I think where I felt much more connected and empowered was when I purchased my own deck. That was years later. I was uh, in a boutique in New York. I saw it and I was like, I've never used them, but I feel really called to that one in particular. Um, It was the Wild Unknown and that was my first deck. And I think it's really important that the art draws you in too. And I just was like, whoa, that's powerful. And I want to check it out. I
0: love that. You talk about that a little bit in the book about how there's like the traditional tarot and then there's like the wild unknown. And I use, uh, one of my girlfriends has a deck called Four Noble Tarot. And it's like, I'll show you. It's like all like white. I love that one. Love it. Um. And I do think it, like, it makes it, like, you feel, like, more of a personal connection with it. Um, I'll put links below to them if you want to check out, if you haven't heard of The Wild Unknown. Um, But can we talk about that, like, connection for a minute? How do you feel as far as, and you go into this a little bit in the book, which I love, about the kind of very classic artwork and Mm -hmm. archetypes that are in the... um, more classic tarot deck, right? Yeah. Versus these more modern adaptations of
1: it. Do you think it matters? I do, and I don't. You know, I think ultimately it depends on what your intention is for reading cards in general. I have always been drawn to the art that's a little bit more flexible. There's nods to the traditional symbolism, but it it feels a little bit softer. I think there's um, a lot of very patriarchal and very traditional uh, representations in the deck that to some could feel not inclusive. So there's a lot of uh, personal kind of decision here. It's like, what are you guided toward? I think if you want to be a very well-rounded reader, if you want to be someone who maybe shares readings with other people eventually and holds that space, I think looking to the traditional Smith ryder weight deck and all of its complexity, just learning about it, not necessarily using it, is a great kind of balance. So for me, I teach from that traditional deck, which is why it's what's featured in the book. But when I'm pulling for clients or for myself, I'm usually using something that I'm more drawn to um, as far as the art, something more modern. I love that. And one of the things I really love that you go
0: into in the book is you talk a little bit about the history. Like I felt I was learning. I was like, this is nuts. It occurred to me as I was reading it. I was like, Mm -hmm. I have used tarot cards for so many years and I never Mm -hmm. knew how they originated. So can you share with us a little bit about that and how they-
1: transitioned into being the divination tool that we know. (laughs) So they began as the playing card game in the 15th century in Italy. And they were, it was actually a very like aristocratic practice. It was really sophisticated and a way for people to um, commission their own decks, their own like custom decks from an artist. And they would use it to play this game and tell stories. Essentially, with each other, um, so it was a lot more. I don't want to say lighthearted, but it it didn't hold that stigma or that weight of like mysticism or fortune telling or anything witchy quite yet. Over time, throughout um, the the years that evolved, it it did evolve as a practice, and I love it for its divination, and I love it for the fact that we can really tune in and tap into that sort of mystic energy. But it doesn't have to be that for anyone. So I think in that chapter about the history, I just wanted to make it clear that this was never meant to be something to fear. Because tarot as a practice is something that I hear that a lot from beginners or people who are interested but not quite sure if it's for them. There's a fear behind it. And I wanted to really, like, get rid of that myth.
0: Yeah, I, I I definitely think kind of going back to what you originally said, because it has both light and dark, and there are actually mm-hmm. cards that are more difficult cards in the deck that yeah. some people shy away from it, because it's like, it's funny, because I have a ton of different decks. And whenever like people come over, I was like, without all my decks, both like of Angel course. and Goddess and Tarot and all the things. And I notice that most often. Um, people will go for the other decks because they're just like, oh, I feel like something's a little dark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they're not wrong. No, they're not wrong, but I love what you say. It's also, it's just also a reflection of life, right? And how, I mean, I love a good angel card poll, right? It's like cheering me on and telling me it's all happening, you know? But, like, it's also um, really, how do I say, like, confirming and on some level, I think, comforting when, like, you talk about, like, when you're going through a hard time and you pull a card and the deck reflects back to you, like, yeah, yeah you're in, like, a big transition moment right now. Or, like, yeah, it feels like, you know, there's, like, you feel seen
1: by your angels. I was guide just going to say that. I was just going to say that I think it's our human need to be seen and to have spirits see us and recognize where we are and not try to just lift, lift, lift us out of that. And I know we'll, we'll probably get into it in this episode, but like, I have to say I've manifested sometimes the best at my lowest points in those moments of just like, okay, like time to get resilient and to fight a little bit through this energy. So I have a lot of appreciation for those shadows. And I think it's again like kind of in perfect timing i think tarot finds us when we are ready to sit with some of those harder cards and and really go there with it and i also know a time and place when it's time for me to put my tarot deck down because it's just going to bring me more anxiety or worry or it's going to stir up you know emotions i don't need right now um so it just depends and and you start to develop a flow and a it's truly a conversation it's a dialogue so it's nice to feel like the tarot is acknowledging you and recognizing what you're sitting in do you feel first of all there's like yeah there's so many things
0: i want to talk to you about i want to talk about using it for manifesting or you know even like future like how people kind of think of it as use like a future predictor sometimes um and then using it like the way you did as like a growth tool and then mm-hmm. also like panic pulling
1: I think, yes and the different you read that <laughs> i have some girlfriends (laughs) i know i i get texts sometimes i'm like ladies put the deck down like i'm a professional reader and i'm telling you to put it down
0: (laughs) my one my one girlfriend was so funny because she took a she took a class like to learn the deck or whatever so she was pulling they were like pulling every day um and she was like i pulled like four times today and i keep getting the same card and i'm like I think your guides are trying to tell you to stop. <laughs> I think that's
1: the sign. Yeah, we have to remember we have to remember too that energy only like moves so quickly. So just because, you know, before using tarot or meditation or manifestation, before really accessing those tools, we might have just kind of coasted through and like day by day. But when we are on our spiritual journey, we're ready to see the results. Like we're excited to see what could come of this reflection. And I totally understand that. And but it's interesting because it can't happen overnight. So we do have to bring some patience to it too.
0: Absolutely. And um before we dive into that, because I want to kind of talk about the different ways we can pull, mm-hmm. but for me When I'm pulling, and I'm not saying this is, like, the right thing, this is just, like, my experience, I see it as a way, whether it is tarot or it's angel cards or whatever, it's just, like, another way that I welcome, like, my guides and my loved ones and my angels to communicate with me. Mm -hmm. Um, How Do you relate to that? Do you feel like you're connecting to,
1: like, God or the divine or your highest self? Absolutely. And sometimes they will differentiate who I wish to hear from. So if I want to hear from a card pull from my inner child versus a spirit guide, um, just clarifying that setting that intention before pulling the cards is really important. But yeah, I absolutely at this point in my, my practice, I've been reading cards for 10 years now it began as curiosity, you know, just I would pull them and I would feel like, wow, this is really spot on. This is very confirming. And it it was validating that I am intuitive and that I have psychic gifts. Then it turned into study where I was like, I really want to understand and give this practice a lot of respect and I want to bring integrity. Now I'm kind of in phase three, which is I'm like, the deck is such an extension of me. It's such a part of me at this point that I'm so trusting of it that when I pull cards, sometimes I'm thinking of the traditional meaning. Sometimes I'm thinking of everything that I've learned over the years. But more often than not, I'm kind of just opening up. I call it like a portal sort of, you know, the cards themselves, the way I arrange them. It just starts to like trigger everything for me. And it's it's creating like a safe container for me in the reading.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I love that, you know, one of the things that you speak about is how you can utilize them to like flex your psychic muscles. So for someone that's listening that I'm sure if they're listening to this podcast they are, you know, tapped in and perhaps curious about doing that. How would you approach, you know, using the deck to if you're just like, hey, I wanna I wanna like flex my psychic muscles and like see what I can do.
1: There are two things that I would recommend. First, if you're really, really new to the tarot, I would pull a card and before ever looking it up, close your eyes, sit with it. What, what emotion are you feeling? What sensations in your body? If this card could speak to you, pretend you're using like your clear audience, it's like, what are you hearing from this card? It's giving you instruction. Really read it energetically and write down everything you're picking up, everything you're noticing. Because when you go back and read the guidebook or maybe my book, um, you're going to see that you were actually probably spot on. And another way to go about that is to leave a card flipped you know, upside down, have it face down on, say, the table or wherever you're pulling, and just sit with it for a moment. Close your eyes. Ask your spirit guides to show you some clues about it. Do you see the color yellow? Do you feel a lot of tension in your heart? What's coming up for you? You, you flip it over, and there could be something alarmingly accurate about what was on that card and the message it had for you. So test it, have fun, let it be a game. You know, card games are something we're very familiar with. So create your own rituals and and games with the tarot.
0: I love that. And I love that because that could also be, that could be an extension of your daily ritual to also utilize it for your own spiritual growth journey, where you're like, okay, now I'm like, double teaming it so to speak right where I'm flexing my psychic skills I'm affirming I really love that I think um taking the time to like journal out what comes I think for a a lot of people when they're just beginning their journey whether it's Mm -hmm. journal or I used to do voice memos all the time I would do like a little voice memo and just be like I'm getting this so I could just like be in my space and like speak it um and then you listen to it back after you've you know, and like read your book or Google online, whatever you want to do to figure out what the the meaning is. And it does, it affirms that and it helps build that confidence. But then twofold, then now you're also like, okay, well, what does that mean to me? Right. And also one of my favorite things is, one of my favorite dinner party things is I always have everyone pull cards and, um, you know, go around and before it's obviously best to do with people that don't know tarot that well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but just like based on the picture on the card and like the vibe that they get, like have everyone kind of guess their like interpretation. And obviously, as like the person that's receiving this, you have to remember like everything yeah, yeah. with a grain of salt. And like everyone, it's a game. It's fun. It's um, a conversation it, it starter. Is- but it's always interesting to see what comes through other people's channels because sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, someone that actually doesn't know the situation that you were asking about or whatever can, like, see something there that feels, like, super
1: random to them. And you're just like, oh, snap.
0: <laughs> That's yeah, what I need
1: to exactly. It's so funny. Well, first of all, I need to finally stop by for a dinner party because that sounds yes, so fun. please. Um, <laughs> I, I agree. I actually if I want a read, if I want like um confirmation, because when pulling for yourself, when reading cards for yourself, it's very hard to stay, you know, not biased and, and really just like look at them for what they are and stay neutral. So sometimes I'll ask people who have no idea about tarot, like my partner, my fiance, I'll be like, hey, can you pull a card for me? He does know a little bit now, having been with me, but he's just probably more accurate of a puller honestly because he's not coming in with any sort of like attachment to it he's like yeah sure what's going on and he'll pull it and I'm like wow that was actually what I was thinking as well um so it's nice confirmation from someone who's a little less attached
0: yeah I think it's probably been one of the ways and now your book is really tempting me the other way but for a while I haven't like really I haven't memorized or studied right any of the tarot cards I know generally some things but I haven't like some like you know gone in that depth with it because I think yeah. it's kind of fun to play in that middle but mm-hmm. it's also really beautiful I think you know when you were getting into all of the different suits and the numerology and like
1: I mean it's it's just like it's so complex well I'm sure you feel this way too with some like you know systems and whether it's astrology or numerology, there's so many even um human design it's just like you kind of can't make this shit up like it's like wildly intricate and beautiful so we we laugh at these tools and we're like oh you know those silly little cards and i'm like no there's a lot of perfect synchronicities and a lot of like organic elements that come together quite literally the elements of earth fire water and air are all represented in the deck but like It's just a beautiful alchemy of things. And I think that's what's so interesting and fascinating is like, there's something to it, you know, that we can't deny and and it's okay to validate that it's fascinating.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's like, yeah, exactly. Like you can't make this up. It's like beyond. And in my experience also, like having used them just, you know, casually for probably over a decade now, you know, interacting with them here and again, like, they're always spot on and it never, and I'm like, I'm a huge, I believe in every, like I believe in so much, right? Like I'm, you know, but like it still to this day, I think always shakes me how mm-hmm. spot on the the cards are. Um, okay. So let's go back to how did you decide? Cause I think it's kind of brilliant. I think as a society or like, um, surface level view a lot of people think of tarot as like I'm going to get my future told or I want someone to like help like either guide me or direct me or whatnot how did you decide you know what? I want to use this as a healing tool I want to use this as a spiritual growth tool and then what did that look like in practice for you
1: yeah. So part of it was receiving my own readings and some of them, although very entertaining and really fun to think about that future and, and look at what could happen and hearing those absolutes of it's going to go this way and it's going to be at this time. But when those didn't come to fruition, I'm like, okay, this is kind of something's missing here. And rather than shaming the reader, which you certainly don't need to do, it's just not my style of reading I started to look at like, what could I process differently to help the energy flow the way I want it to go? What can I set up in the present to prepare myself for what I want to receive whenever it comes through? So I'm sure you relate with the manifestation uh, techniques that you are, are so skilled at. So it's like, I feel like what shifted for me was I saw tarot as a chance to reprocess, reprogram, redefine, rewire so that. Everything sets me up for, for greater success, quote unquote. But um yeah, that was the shift was honestly trying to do readings that were overly predictive or receiving readings from people who were really focused on the predictive element and kind of feeling like I was left to just surrender and hope it happens, not feeling like I could act on it or do anything inspired by it. So I started to structure my readings for myself and for my clients around like building a roadmap, like building out almost like a to-do list energetically like okay let's look at this let's really get into where this is coming from the root of that feeling what can we do differently what's a recommendation from spirit as far as like a different approach or practice to try like honestly just switching things up rather than surrendering completely and saying i hope spirit takes care of the rest Mm. um does that answer the question Yeah. Can you walk us through an example of what
0: like something that you would do on like a daily basis for yourself or whether it's Mm -hmm. now or something maybe earlier on you would do like what that would look like as far as like the intention you would set the card you would pull and then if you would pull another card can you like walk us through an
1: example? Sure. So I I do recommend pulling cards um, daily if you're up for it if that's overwhelming to someone as frequently as you'd like but repeatedly practicing with the cards and tuning in with your intuition is important. So questions I started to ask were things like what's a subtle energy I'm missing or not noticing as much as I could. You know, what what should I look for today? Not what's going to happen to me today what should I look for? What should I be mindful of? Um, or if I already had a practice in mind, if I knew I was going to move my body, I would ask something like, what's uh, a theme or, or an energy to guide my movement practice today? What's something I can consider as I move or inspire the way I choose to move my body. If I already set aside an hour to work out, it's like, can you give me a different approach to it? And the cards would inspire a lot of like creative shifts that way of just, What if I tried something differently? Would that open up some vulnerability within myself to notice, feel, or experience my own energy in a new way? Because when we get on autopilot, it gets really hard to really connect with spirit. It gets really hard to feel the presence of our guides. So continuously asking the deck, like, how can I slightly change this for myself? Um, Felt better for me and, and felt like I was able to receive a lot more intuitively. I love that.
0: I I love that
1: idea of you know,
0: as you were saying that, I was even thinking like I love to go on walks, like I'm a big mm-hmm. walker. Um, and sometimes I'll listen to meditations when I'm on walks, or I'll just like channel my guides, you know, and voice yeah. memo myself about it when I'm on walks. But I'm yeah. I like that idea to just like pull a card and be like, What should I reflect on in my walk today? Right? Like I think
1: process, like, yeah.
0: Yeah. Like what can I process walking or any sort of kind of movement is such a beautiful thing. So whether you're going into yoga or spin class or whatever it is to be able to bring that intention and to be, yeah, I think to like you were, you talk about a little bit in the book to be able to face certain things, right? Like I think sometimes when like the cards can be a mirror, um and kind of just show us like hey like maybe you have been feeling like you're hitting your head up against the wall energetically metaphorically whatever right um and then like pulling a card that reflects that and having to be like okay you know what today in my yoga practice or on my walk and my meditation or whatever my intention throughout the day is I'm just gonna or I'm gonna journal on it right? Mm -hmm. And like, Mm -hmm. let myself be with that and see what comes through. Yeah. So what might shift in your pull? Would it shift? Maybe it won't. But would it shift if there was like a specific thing you're either working on or a specific thing that you're, um, struggling with?
1: Mm. So I think it does because you're asking a much more targeted and specific question, which really does. The tarot, I believe, there are associations with like yes and no or very black and white answers if you want to go down that road. Um, I think it's a little it's it's best to be open-minded but the more specific the question the more direct the answer and response is going to be from your tarot deck so that's very helpful to know so in that case I would say that it's like asking what is the next best thing for me to do or the next right way to approach this what conversation do I need to have what action do I need to take what what ritual do I need to repeat in order to get there so just knowing that it's it's a little bit more like instructions from the deck and from your guides so treating it that way knowing like What am I going to do as a response um, as far as like the next best step rather than trying to get to the end goal um, is what I would recommend. And I like that.
0: I like that a lot also because it's for someone, one of the things I always tell people to do with their meditation practice is, you know, asking God, their guides, their highest self, like, what's my next aligned action, right? Like, what's the next aligned action, right? For me to show up as my highest self, for me to manifest, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And once again, I think for someone that, and I mean, I do both, right? Like I'll just ask and then also like love pulling a card because it's like that physical affirmation of it. But for someone that's also like new to flexing that muscle too, it's really nice to have, to be like, Even if you pull a card and that day you're like, oh, my God, I'm feeling so disconnected. I'm just going to look in the book and read what the meaning is, right? Totally you still will get that insight yes, you know yes. and it takes some of that pressure off yourself it's like okay I don't need to like feel like you know yes. I'm a cha- maybe I'm not it's like you're always a channel right and so you could be a channel for the card yes. and then maybe
1: be like too in your head that day or too stressed out you know totally. and I think and, and you bring up such a good point because it's like this shouldn't be stressful you know it, it is informative and it's supposed to be challenging you in- in some way. You know, I think it's it's great to, to put ourselves in that position to grow and transform and inspire, but it shouldn't be stressful. So when I notice that, when I notice myself feeling more overwhelmed by what I'm receiving, I start to flip the script a little bit. So our intuition is so powerful because it helps guide us towards what's right for us and steer us away from what's wrong. But it doesn't always have to be a yes or no or or a um, good versus bad. In fact, I think asking your tarot deck what's going to feel the most joyful, pleasurable, and exciting to you that day. You know what what is going to feel really enriching? Because I think when we access that joy and we're in a state of pleasure and ease in whatever we're doing that day, whatever we're choosing to to align with, we are attracting the miracles. We are attracting all the other stuff. You know, that's going to come secondary because we're setting ourselves up to feel the best we can feel. So even if it feels unrelated, you know, even if one day you just want to keep it super light and um, focus on like what brings you joy with your practice, you are inevitably – rewriting some of the scripts that are telling you you're not worthy so lean into the stuff that feels fun and playful this is a great inner child practice too you know the tarot deck it's like I said it started as a game so there's this element of play when we approach them if we allow that in
0: I love that and it's true joy is our most magnetic vibration and so sometimes we and I think you know there's a time and a place for all of it right like sometimes it's great to like be like let's get down like what is the what's underneath the fact that I'm blocking this right now or what past life what past life did this to me yeah what past life has made this so hard on me or whatever what's the Um, karmic wound (laughs) right I'm like, um, but that is a really great way to do it too. Especially, I think, especially like sometimes if you are going through like a hard time or you're in a funk or whatnot, it's like, you know, there are moments to like for sure go there. And then there are other days where you can trust yourself and just be like, no, like what do I, like what energy do I need to embody today to feel lighter and feel just you know, freer. And that like you write, absolutely. You will manifest the most when you're feeling your best and you're feeling aligned. So on that topic, is there any specific way that you use the tarot when you have a specific manifestation that you're working on?
1: So I actually choose my way. and, And this is what works for me is I actually choose to figure out that vision and that manifestation first for myself. I don't usually ask the cards like what I'm manifesting or where I want to place my direction. I, I fully define that for myself first. I try to see it in meditation. I try to feel it, hear from my higher self or future self about it. And then I ask the cards what I can do, perhaps daily, weekly, monthly, whatever um to stay in alignment with that and and perhaps also asking what are the things that are going to get in the way of that what are the things i need to clear the space i need to clear first i work with this with clients all the time they're like i'm ready for the ideal partner i'm ready for this and that but they have all these obligations and things that they are holding and harboring for whatever reason i've also started working in like homes and spaces even noticing like clutter and what that takes up in our lives and it's like let's figure out what to cut out before we invite in and sometimes the tarot is really helpful for that too because it's going to pinpoint exactly where I could clear some of the energetic or physical clutter from my life so that as I set myself up for that I feel like I have the room to invite it in you know we might stick our hands out and say spirit give me the gifts but if our hands are full we're not going to receive it we're not going to be able to hold it absolutely and that's one of my one of my favorite
0: beliefs um that I've decided on is that everything that I like divinely desire is meant for me and so if it doesn't already exist in my reality then there is just something blocking it right and I find that very like empowering because then I'm like great it's the only reason like the only reason my frequency hasn't lined up with that experience yet is because there's either a belief or a fear or a story I'm telling myself or whatever it is that is getting in the way. And so I always think like clearings like clearing uh pulling to clear and then pulling for embodiment, right? Yeah. It's yeah. like, okay, what do so I need to clear. release and then what do I need to embody? And exactly. I think it's a beautiful way, especially for um People that want to, I think manifestation and the things that we want, the even the mater, like the material things that we want to create in our lives, they're all just like guiding us to get on a spiritual path, right? Totally. And trying to clear this stuff and having us look at this stuff and having us grow and expand and shift our vibration and clear all the funkiness, right? And so it's really just like a little, like, carrot dangling in front of us, right, that we're like, what do I have to do, right? Um, That can make it more fun, right? Like, it's fun when there's something that you really want or you want to call in, whether it's, you know, a, a lover or money or a career thing or a house or whatever it is, it can... You know, being in that like playful energy, like you were saying, of like, ooh, I get to like a card and get a little, you know, instruction on
1: my game today and like, how am I going to play my game? <laughs> it's so true. It's fun. It's very fun. And like, for example, like my goal with the book and like wanting that to be a manifestation that came to life, once I really felt it in my body, and you'll kind of know, like you'll know when you've worked through some of those worthiness blocks and the things that tell you the imposter syndrome, the stuff that says you won't and you can't, when you know it's meant for you and it's just a matter of like timing and and best case scenario, um, you become a lot more patient. And it was one of those things where I, I remember the shift of like, oh, it's going to happen. But now I look back to, and I'm sure you have examples of this where I'm like, thank God it didn't happen the first time I wanted it because I wouldn't have written it the same way. I wouldn't have been the same person. Same thing with my partner. It's like, we've known each other for 14 years and we've only started to be together for the last three because I sure as hell wasn't ready, you know, but he's kind of circling it despite. And you just kind of have to know that that's how it, how it works sometimes.
0: I love that. I wish I often think when I have that feeling about something that I'm manifesting that hasn't quite, it hasn't appeared in my reality yet, but I, have I feel that energetic feeling of like, mm-hmm. oh, like there's nothing there anymore. Like the
1: space is clear. Right. Yep. I wish I could bottle that up and give that to people. Totally, <laughs> like, totally. I call it, I call it last string theory with my, with my clients. I'm like, or last straw, I'm sorry, the last straw theory. And I'm like, I can tell you're at that Final last straw where maybe we're using relationships as an example, but maybe job patterns or something like that, where you've just had enough and you really like fully understood. And I think a powerful part of the healing process and manifestation process is knowing when you've healed enough, knowing when like you've done the work to deserve it. It's not to say that healing ever has an end date or an expiration. It's just that we can get in this perpetual loop of I need to do more, I need to do more, I need to do more to earn it. And There does come a time where like you've really done the work. So now you just kinda have to believe it. Period. Yeah.
0: And you can and and there is I there is like I said, I think there is that energetic shift. And like when you feel Mm -hmm. that shift, you just have to trust it. You're like, okay, it might not show up for another year, it might show up next week, who knows? But like the energy is the highway is open. And when's coming Give it to (laughs) God. We've talked so so we've talked about well actually let's let's talk a little bit for someone that's like okay but I
1: love using tarot to predict my future. (laughs) Um, I say go for it as yeah as long as you can stay grounded. Yeah.
0: So what would you say for something like that? Um, as far as like. Pulling a predictive
1: card? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think just being open to the energy showing up in interesting ways. Spirit is really silly with us. Our spirit guides are playful with us. So you, you could be picking up on an energy in the future or of what's coming. And it's not that it's incorrect, but the way you're seeing it could show up slightly different. So just being open to like the the edges not being clearly defined but a little bit more blurred. I see that a lot with clients like we'll we'll tap into something and and we're like 80% there, but there's a little bit of room for flexibility, right? There's something um, energetically that could show up a different way compared to how we were reading it in the moment. So just knowing that knowing that like the general theme is there, the general vibe has been set um as far as what it's going to look like or how it's going to appear or in timing and so so long as you give it a little bit of that leeway to be like 70, 30, 80, 20, as far as accurate, I think you're in a really good place because you're not looking for absolutes then. You're looking for a feeling. And I think whenever you're approaching a predictive reading, define not only what you're you're seeking or what you are manifesting or, or what you're you're tapping into as far as your channeled state, but also access the feeling you had when you saw it. So if you're having some sort of, you know, meditation or or reading where you are channeling and looking at predictive energy, access the feeling and know what that's going to be so that your body can remember it and you can have that muscle memory of like, yep, I've arrived in what I was predicting I would see. I love that. Is there any way you would not recommend using the tarot? I think mostly the... Um, actually have a couple examples. I think pulling on other people is a dangerous slope. I think there's the ability to say, how is my energy and my soul connecting with and communicating with this other person? You know, I'm not going to deny that I've never pulled a card to better my relationship or improve my communication with my partner. But I think asking, is he thinking of me? What, you know, that type of stuff is a really blurry (laughs) line. Because We have free will, and if someone hasn't consented to a reading, I think trying to figure out what's going on in their head or their heart where they are without a conversation is a really slippery slope with tarot. And I think it also blurs the line of ethics a bit. So rather than, than necessarily focusing on them, I think improving the way you show up and respond to their actions or the way you wish to communicate, the way you wish to present yourself, the boundaries you wish to set is such a better um, reading to, to move from. So that's one thing I would be really mindful of. Yeah. I love that.
0: That's, That's a good one. I think whether it's, yeah, like I I could see a lot of women doing that Mm -hmm. in uh, (laughs) um, in like a dating scenario and stuff like that. And I think, yeah, it's bringing your power back to say you're accomplishing pretty much the same goal by asking like, how do I need to show up, you Mm -hmm. know, in this relationship right now, right? If this relationship Mm -hmm. is for my highest good, then you know, what might I need to show up? And if it is something like focus on yourself and go do things with your friends that or whatever. Right.
1: That will come and up I think- in your card. Yeah. I think too, like as far as personal healing, it's really just what you're comfortable with. Don't don't assume that you have to go into inner child or ancestral stuff or past life. Like don't assume that just because there is spiritual dialogue around certain things, certain um aspects of your healing or of your soul's like lessons it doesn't mean you have to head there if you're not comfortable or if there's any sort of like concern of oh will i not enjoy what comes through then maybe it's you know your sign to do it at a different time when your body your spirit your mind is in a grounded place so you know i i use the example of relationships but it really applies to anything you'll kind of know if you're not really fully ready and or in the space to really receive and just knowing to pull back at that point and slow it down a little bit. Because I think we get comparison a bit, especially when you first start reading about tarot and learning about the practice, you kind of want to do it all at once and you want to really like invest yourself and immerse yourself. But I think knowing that it can be a really patient thing and it's a lifelong practice if you want it to be, you can keep coming back to it over and over. So um, there's no rush to get to like, the deeper harder stuff if you don't want to yeah
0: and I think like you said before too it's you know if you do get a card that feels heavier than you you know feel comfortable with at that time then you could always pull another card and ask Mm -hmm. like how can I lighten this right you know what like how can I get you know we don't yeah you can kind of trust yourself but I love that um Okay. So one final thing before I want us to do like a mini little reading for everyone that's kind of listening um, as a little thank you for listening all the way to the end. And also I just truly believe that everyone that like was called to this podcast will be here to hear whatever message that decides to come through. Um, but can you talk to us? Cause you do do individual readings and you know, before we wrap up, I want, You know, what do you think, what's an ideal place for someone to be in when they get an ideal, when they get an ideal, when they get an individual reading, you know, Um, and, you know, what kind of situations do you see a lot with your clients where, you know, a reading is really the thing that helps them kind of over a hump or move forward or gives them kind of clarity and stuff?
1: Yeah, I would say there's there's pros and cons to a reading at any moment and any time. Of course, there's going to be areas of the conversation that are confronting, others that are really validating, and all of it has a place but I would say the best time is during a time of transition, either leading up to and preparing for change, or afterward, when you're putting together the pieces, you're looking at the way things have shifted for you. The time where it's probably most difficult is when it's in the peak of the change, or in the tarot cycle, I call it like the the fives, you know, because of the numerology, that's the middle of conflict, that's the middle of of the shift. And because everything's still kind of working itself out, I'd say readings are they're impactful during that time but they're not as great to process and fully understand so if you're like literally you know wrapping up um like say you god forbid get laid off from a job a reading the next day is like not going to support you as much as like a week or two down the line when we've Mm -hmm. had a chance to really like sit with what's come through so i think booking a reading when you feel called versus when there's a chaotic energy present and you think it's going to fix something is is a good baseline
0: I love that and I've also found that some of the most profound readings I've had and for some of my girlfriends as well has been when I didn't you know when someone either like gifted me a reading or it was just kind of like a random thing where I was like oh I want to like book one to support this person right um and sometimes I'll go when I go into it being like I don't really need anything from it, you know, just be interesting to see what comes out. I feel like those are usually the ones that I'm like, whoa, (laughs) (laughs) like,
1: less expectations, the better let spirit (laughs) pleasantly surprise you, you know, like, just kind of see what comes through. And, and you might be really shocked and actually in such a place to receive from it because you came in without any expectations, like you have a lot of openness to what's meant to come through. So yeah, I agree with you. I love that. Okay, so
0: what 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 do we want to pull for?
1: So I did pull the Queen of Wands to begin, and I think she is so magnetic. So I think all this conversation about like really um setting yourself up energetically to feel the most joy, the most light, knowing that that vibration is going to attract what you deserve and what you are are wanting. Um, let's play with her energy a little bit. Let's see. What could be the next aligned step for anyone who wants to access her? So, the Queen of Wands is an archetype in the deck. She's ruled by the element of fire and she is so passionate, she's brave, she's courageous. Um, But she has moved through a bit of her own shadow and there's a complexity to her. She doesn't dim her light, she lets herself be very unapologetic. So, for the sake of podcast listeners, why don't we pull three different cards? And um, all of us are trying to tap into a little bit of her energy. But if you're listening, maybe take a breath or two and decide if you want the instruction from card one, two, or three. Does that sound good? I love it. Okay. okay. I chose my card. See what I <laughs> you chose it?
0: I chose my card. I also love that energy because I think as we're going into um, recording this right after the Lunar New Year and we're going into this. Uh, wood dragon year in the chinese zodiac and i feel like that's very kind of similar like this like fiery but like magnetic energy that we're talking about yeah
1: absolutely i agree there's a lot of fire um present right now in this in this upcoming cycle speaking of we have an aries based card for card number one if you chose one you got the emperor reversed now the emperor is very controlled and very uh specific in their actions their steps and what i received from this was a little bit of imperfection letting yourself be imperfect letting the house be a mess letting your hair be a mess let it be, like let it be not so um particular and perfect is a really beautiful way to claim your worth and, and sit in that feeling of like, I can just be me raw, vulnerable and myself. So find ways to subtly release some of the control. Um, I know control is a really complicated thing for for a lot of us. So I'm not asking you to surrender in the most vulnerable way, maybe in the smallest ways, letting yourself be imperfect. So that's card number one. Card number two, I have the Six of Wands, which is a card of victory, success. Um, It's a card of recognition. I think that for this particular group, what's coming through is to kind of give yourself a pat on the back for how much you've done and everything you've grown through, and taking a moment to really acknowledge how proud you are of yourself. I think there's something so potent about giving ourselves that moment to like humble brag. That's what I talk about in the book with this card. I'm like, you're allowed to say, I'm really great at this. And I'm really gifted at X, Y, Z. And I'm proud of the success I've had in this area. Um, that pride is going to really magnetize as well. So sit in a bit of pride today, card number two, group number two, and acknowledge what you've done really well. Love it. Was that yours? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's hurt. Um, Beautiful. And then Card three, I have the five of cups reversed and the knight of swords, kind of going back to that conversation that we had earlier about, you know, believing that we have to keep reprocessing and sitting in our feelings. The five of cups is a pretty uh weighted card of worry and sadness and grief, but it's showing up reversed, so pretty much telling us that that chapter is over and that there's actually been a lot of clarity and inspiration for this knight of knight of swords as far as how to act and show up and respond. So let your body guide you and rather than sitting in a feeling card 3 group 3 um maybe take it somewhere and let it inspire your next action or, uh, where you had your determination.
0: Love it. Well, thank you. Thank you. Kate, that was wonderful. So fun. before I let you go, where can
1: people find you? What can, you know, how can they interact with you? Tell us all the things. So you can find me at katevanhorn.com or katevanhorn on Instagram. You can also find the book, The Inner Tarot, at theinnertarot.com or wherever books are sold. Yay! And we'll put all of the links below. And are you currently available for readings? I am. So I am heading into, uh, obviously, promo for the book, the book tour. But my books are open for mid-March. And yeah, you can find everything on my website as far as the t- types of readings the styles of readings and I look forward to connecting with some of you
0: amazing well thanks so much for being here and thank you all for listening and all the links below for you to interact with Kate I highly 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 recommend the book Um, it is amazing like I said I have been dancing with tarot for a while and I learned so much reading it Um, and I really really love it also as a guidebook she has amazing journal prompts for deeper reflection different activities you can do for the card you pull so even if you just start from a place of like I'm gonna get one deck and pull one card a day like with this book you're you're set you're hooked up (laughs) so thank you for listening guys